What is up, everyone, and welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network with a lot more content coming your way. You know it. You can check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. And tonight, we are not alone, my friends. We've got a guest. She is... Honestly, a killer when it comes to football knowledge. I really respect her work. She's with the Dallas Cowboys over at the Girls Talk, Boys Talk podcast. And she also killed it during the draft show. So I'm guessing that she's been loving the preseason as she watches all of these rookie players uh, take the field. Not only for the Cowboys, because as you can see right there in the background, she (laughs) has Monday Night Football on right now. Aisha, welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you for uh, for joining. No, I'm good, man. Thank you for asking. Thank you for the introduction. Um, I appreciate everyone and their support, but I literally just got the notification on YouTube that you were live. So you know you got a foot <laughs> for me too. So um not no, I'm I'm happy to be here and any opportunity I get to talk ball, I'm probably gonna take it. So let's do it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Everyone who's joining now in the chat over at Facebook and YouTube, do me a favor, by the way, and hit the like button for me, because remember, that is the single biggest thing that you can do to help out the show. Uh, Aisha's reporters are already in the chat, uh, which is not a surprise. Thank you for being here, everyone, uh, from Facebook to YouTube. So, Aisha, two preseason games in, and Mm -hmm. honestly, I send you like this, kind of a very rough outline of Mm -hmm. what I wanted to get to on this show but we can really go down every random rabbit hole that we want it's our show it doesn't matter but let's start with some positive stuff Mm because there has been some big risers on this preseason two games in and even more so if you take into account the training camp practices but I'm wondering and Chad also let us know your biggest risers who's one particular riser who has maybe caught your attention uh so listen i'm i'm gonna keep it i'm gonna keep it funky uh there's quite okay. a few, I, there's quite a few guys but i'm not gonna take everybody's but it is very difficult to not notice isaiah land in these third and fourth quarters um he was a guy that i was definitely high on um on the draft and quite honestly if i'm keeping it a buck man he should have been drafted he, he should have been drafted, and he's playing with a chip on his shoulder. I think that um, John Owen posted that out of all the edges in this class, he's second in the preseason with pressures. He's one of the best just peer pass rushers yeah, per PFF. He's second out of the whole rookie class of edges um, in pressures. But he's he's a guy that he has a lot of tools in his toolbox, and the more coaching he gets, he can be dominant out there. Um, more of a 3-4 guy, but I think that he has some flex, and he's a stand-up rusher that can get off the line so quick. And he's he we didn't get we haven't gotten to see him a lot in practice, and I think that's because they're working with him on the side. They're teaching him more technique, whatever the case may be. Um, but seeing him in those preseason games, he's literally dominating the tackle in front of him most of that, that fourth quarter. Um, so he's one of my surefire risers um, on this roster. Well, on technically on the roster, well, around right now to see what happens with this 53 man. I love that pick because Land and I was watching the game yesterday. I have not gotten my hands on the old 22 yet, but just from the TV broadcast, you can notice how dominant he has been. And, you know, there was this sack play where he gets his hands on the football 
versus the fumble. What impressed me the most out of that play is that, like, he beats his man moving inside, and then his change of direction there just to oh, get God. to the quarterback. Oh, yeah. Super explosive. Yes, yeah. His, his change of direction is good, but one thing I've, I've definitely noticed from him is he's, even last game, he um he lost contain early in that game. And that's something you're looking for, for with your edge players is how well, yeah, you can rush the passer, but how well do you play the run? He showed just how active he can be in the in the run game also. And you saw him later in that game learn from his mistakes. So he started breaking out to try to make those tackles, to try to make those tackles to contain. And he, lo and behold, I think he threw, he drew three holds in a row because that tackle, once his recognition was on point, they couldn't catch him because he's, he's so quick off the line of scrimmage. So, yeah, man, he's one of my surefire risers. Okay, who's yours? I'm I'm, I'm curious. <laughs> Wait, be, be, before, before, before I get into mine, I do want to ask, and maybe I'm getting ahead of myself, but as I said, we can do it. It's, it's, it's within the rules. Isaiah Land is weird because he's a good football player, and I don't have doubts about him making the roster because of him as a football player. I just mm -hmm. have doubts about it from a numbers game perspective, because oh. the Cowboys have so many defensive linemen. I had my projection today out on adcsports.com, and we're going to get it uh, on the show, by the way, tomorrow night, guys. But I got him in. And I don't know if I maybe forced it a little bit there, because I got I went short at defensive tackle, and I went long at edge rusher, just because I know that Dan Quinn is going to feel comfortable playing a lot of those edge guys mm -hmm. inside, especially somebody like Junior Fajoko, who we saw yeah. last night moving around. But even Lawrence has been playing inside sometimes during the season. I think that, I mean, Micah in a different sense, but they're not going to be afraid of lining him up over the B gap, over the A gap, because that's what they've been doing all this time as well from a stand-up point of uh, you know stance. But do you think the Cowboys could go super long at edge rusher and fit Isaiah Land in there on the 53-man roster. Well, I know there's a plan for him, um, mostly because when we got to talk to Dan Quinn in, um, in minicamp, where's the OTAs? I think it was minicamp. He said that he actually noticed Isaiah Land when he went to scout Marquise Bell the year before. So when for someone to catch your eye like that, that you're like, you know what? I got to come back and see you next year. They have a plan for him, um, I'm sure. I'm really curious when you talk about the edge room, I'm really curious to see what's going on with uh, Dorrance Armstrong. I know he's been um, kind of dealing with uh, a hamstring injury. And so I'm I'm really looking at like who, who and also too, I don't know if Chauncey Golston is still considered an edge or if they have him labeled as a, let me look at my, look, look, look let me look, let me look. <laughs> Do they have him considered as a DT? Because also, too, that to me changes it because he used to be labeled as an edge. Let me see. I'm looking. I'm looking. Chauncey. Yeah, they still yeah, have him. Yeah, because I'm sorry. Yeah. No, no, sorry. They still have him as a DE, a, a, a defensive end. So to your point, yeah, like there is a lot of depth in that room. So I, I do wonder what they end up doing with Isaiah Land. Um, I just, like I said, I think it's just very difficult to not notice how dominant he's been in spots through these preseason games when they put him out there. And again, I think being an edge and rushing the passer is great, but what he's showing in the run game is again, very difficult for me to ignore. So that's, you're right. Like that edge room, man, like the defensive line in general, there are some people that you're like, what's going to happen? Are you going <laughs> to? Yeah. And I think you can include like Quinton Vohana in there, Neville Gallimore in there. Cause we know that maybe they've been 
moderate fallers because of the arrival of Masi Smith, because of how well Jonathan Hankins played last year and how well he's doing so far this year as well. So it's kind of tough fitting everyone in there. There's going to be some tough roster cuts in there. But you asked me about my biggest riser, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry for taking the easy answer. I really am. But I, I would love to talk about Jalen Tolbert. Yeah, we need to talk about Jalen Tolbert because at <laughs> 66 yards on preseason game number two, and I loved what he saw, what he said after the game where he was like, I wanted to prove that it was not a one-and-done situation from yeah. the preseason opener. And I think it's evident, right? Because we've seen him win in training camp as well, obviously, uh, from the clips that are out there, from the reports that are out there, what the coaches are saying. You know, Brian Schottenheimer's quotes on the notebook were fantastic. Uh, Tolbert's notebook, which has become kind of like Cowboys lore at this point, honestly. Uh, what I liked most about Tolbert so far is his release at the line of scrimmage. Like, he's gaining separation right away with the starter steps, no matter what kind of route he's running. We saw him win on a go route on Saturday night. We saw him win on a crosser type route where he, I think this wasn't a catch actually, but he had a crosser type route where he kind of sits versus zone defense and kind of knows exactly where the pass is going to be based on the leverage of the defense. And I, I don't know, it's th that nuance to his game that really makes us buy in into the fact that he understood the game. I, I, and I was saying last night, I really cannot understand what happened. And I don't think that we will, we ever will exactly. Cause that was such an extreme situation to go from being so talented and, and not, and being a healthy scratch for most of the season to looking like he is looking right now, where you not only feel comfortable that he's earned the number four spot on the rotation, but now we're questioning, Hey, could he push? for some wide receiver three snaps here and there in certain situations. What have you seen in Tolbert? Because to me, he's a clear-cut biggest riser, even though it's the obvious answer. Oh, yeah. His his consistency has been off the charts. And um, to your point, when you listen to Brian Schottenheimer and those guys talk about him, they talk about just how much he is into his playbook, how sure he is about the plays. I also do think um, that the West Coast system is, from my understanding, is seven routes. I mean, nine routes rather, and you can add wrinkles to that and you can, you know, change little things. But when guys have like a clear cut, this is what I need to learn. This is what I need to learn. And and I think um, Dak has mentioned it, the details, the purpose of the play, everyone knowing their job, everyone knowing their role. When you kind of break it down Barney style which sounds crazy to a lot of people, but when you break it down to that level, yeah, it's going to be easier for guys to digest. And I think also we got to see a little bit of that with that 80-yard drive with Cooper Rush. It's like a little glimpse of just, yeah, even Cooper Rush looks more comfortable right now in this current system. And I think it's just because this system's been around for a long time and it's, it's, a, lot of a, it's a lot of the foundation of how football's played today. It's simplifying does not mean that these guys can't retain complicated things. It's just it's easier to get guys on the same page. But with Jalen Tolbert, also, too, one thing I've noticed is the concentration and the tracking ability, the way that he is uh, adjusting to the ball while it's in the air. And um, I just and his when he's catching, he's catching with his hands like he's not catching with his body. It's not any of that. He's sure. Um, another thing, too, is 
our one thing we saw from him last preseason was the sideline awareness. I think he had maybe two TDs taken away from him last preseason because he was still, he said it, he said, I'm still learning the splits, the hashes, you know, just the way the, the way the field feels different from in college. And now you see like in the, in practice that, that big, like that big land and he stuck like the sideline awareness is something that I loved about him in college. And we're starting to see that in his game now. So he's earned it. And when you watch him out there, you say to yourself, okay, at this point, it's like, does this mean, does this man need to be out here with, with, <laughs> I mean, at this point you're like, okay, we've seen enough. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> when you were talking about him adjusting to the football, and I was thinking to that first catch from Saturday, for example, where he mm -hmm. clearly has his man beat, and then he works kind of back to the football smoothly, yes. is in position to make the catch. I just, this thought popped into my head, at least fans, because I know that in training camp, I mean, insiders have seen it, you have seen it, a lot of people have, but I'm thinking right now, like we have not seen him with Dak Prescott throwing the football. And that really gets me excited because yeah. we know that he's been working so hard with Dak as well. So cannot wait for that Jalen yeah. Tolbert season in 2023. But look uh, what? Look at us with a receiver court. Look at, look at us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, let me see some of the comments that, that have... Uh, dropped in the chat when we asked about those winners because I know there's going to be some interesting answers. I know Deuce Vaughn is going to get mentioned. Oh, yes. And with, with Deuce, the thing is, and obviously he's such a big winner out of these two preseason games, but it's all about maybe being running back three because running back two, I know that we like to get excited and get all hyped about it. And I'm not doubting that he can do it, but Rick Dowdle, we know that McCarthy likes him. He he brings him up a lot in the press yeah. conferences. Like when he's asked about the running backs, first name out of his mouth, oh, Rico Dowdle. Don't forget <laughs> about Rico, he said in phase three of the offseason. He has been hinting at Rico for a long time. And yeah. I think that we got to see why a little bit in the, I'm going to say mostly in the second preseason game, but even in the first one, despite the fumble, we saw that use and what he can do as a blocker and everything. So... Rico can also be in there, in my opinion. No, no, I think you're totally right. And also, too, like, I know that Deuce Vaughn is a really smart player. He's he's a, a cerebral player. I think his vision is crazy, all that stuff. But Rico has been around. He's been in this system for a while. Um, he's, you know, obviously McCarthy and those guys know him. It was cool to see him really sacrifice his body, throw his body around and pass pro and stuff like that. I think that the way these running backs are going to be used will definitely be matchup based and it'll be contingent on what the matchup calls for. But yeah, Rico Dattle, we got to see some of his bursts. He looks like an NFL running back. I mean, that's, I know that sounds really cliche, but when you watch him play, you're like, Oh, that's a, that's, that's a running back. Like it, he looks like exactly. Like yeah. On the field somewhere, you know? So um, really the only thing that's kept him out of things has been his health. So really hoping he can, I hope for him and for the team, for him, really, too, that he gets his shot to show what he's capable of and um, what he can do for the team. But I like some of the strong runs that I saw from him and some of the cutback ability. He he has some he has some ferocity to his game too. He runs with some pop, some aggression that I like as well. Yeah, there are. This is an interesting answer here in the chat. Toxic Tom says Mike McCarthy, in my opinion, is the biggest winner of this whole off season. His offense already looks better schematically, and you know, yes, that's hey. Good. 
I wasn't even thinking about that, but okay. Yeah, that's it. That's a creative answer. I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it. And I'm going to say, I'm going to say though, we, and I know the West Coast, as you said earlier on the show, is supposed to be like this easier, quote unquote, offense. But we have seen nothing out of it, right? Because we've seen preseason game planning only and preseason calls that we know are going to be super vanilla. So yeah. yeah, I guess that it's a fair answer. We're projecting it into the regular season, just like, the understanding that we're seeing from these players, including Tolbert, as you said earlier. Well, no, I, I do think we have caught glimpses of it. I do think we've caught glimpses, glimpses of just some of the changes, the rub routes, a lot of the motion, some of the, um, some of the disguising they're doing, like some of this stuff we have not seen before. And so, but that, that drive with Cooper rush and the offense, they, they went tempo a couple of times. They changed that. I mean, it yeah. was, they were, good on third down just some of the concepts even so too uh the slant flats like some of this stuff is is new is new in a sense um and i really base it off the comfort of the players you go listen to their interviews you see how they are and are they're able to be successful on different levels because even with will greer making his mistakes there are times even last week you saw that this system and kind of how it's being coached even your third string offense can find some rhythm and flow in these games. And I think that's important moving forward. And I think it's a test for sure. that is happening in, in on that side of the ball. So, yeah. For sure. Even in that uh, Rico Dowdle touchdown with the motion and everything, that was also pretty cute. And the route route on the left side of the field, that is mm -hmm. going to be super fun. Let's let, Hey, we're, we're getting too excited. We're getting <laughs> too excited. So naturally we need, to move on and we need to talk a little bit about some of the biggest fallers of the preseason and i know this part is not as exciting because cowboys fans you know we don't like to to get sad about this whole thing uh biggest mm. fallers is tough i have a handful of names here on my not notebook a, oh, yo no i, I mean have a few <laughs> a few let's say let's say three of them let's say three of them and, okay. I, and it was tough because i don't think that i had I don't think that I had like back-to-back -back losers on my losers articles for adcsports.com, which is good, I guess, out of the preseason games. Like mm -hmm. I saw losers in both games, but I didn't have repeats, I think, which mm -hmm. is going to be good. Now, we could get into like the injured guys being mm -hmm. losers, right? Like the Marvin Overshone, John Stephens, who were looking like they were on the rise until they suffered injuries. But if I'm shoving them aside... I'm going to say, and this really just caught my, I mean, I'm cheating because he also got injured, but hear me out. <laughs> Chuma Edaga, I'm mm. listing him as a faller, mostly because I put together my projection today and I didn't include Chuma. And I never considered the possibility of not doing that because it seemed like the Cowboys were really trying to make it work with him, lining him up everywhere. But now... I mean, I, we didn't mention him in the risers, but like Josh Ball to me has been a riser. Matt yeah. Farniok, we know that he plays center. We know that Sim Richards is doing a good job. He's so I'm not good where Chuma fits. He's a riser too. He's a riser. He's a riser, yeah. In pass yeah. pro specifically too, like he, he's nailed it. Yeah. Um. Dang, yeah, there's a lot of those. But um. I, okay, so no, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, Chuma Doga, even, even before he did get injured, you know, it's our job to analyze, it's fine. Um, he was having trouble in practice when they were moving him around. I mean, honestly, like every time I seen Michael acting a fool out there, it was 71 out there. 
yeah. I felt bad for Tuma, man. I'm telling you right now, he was getting to the Marvion Overshaw was blocking him out of bounds and stuff. I was like, come on, man. But yeah, I think um, especially in this system where you you're you need your offense offensive line to get out in space, set up screens, get to the second level. Um, I'm not sure if his footwork is there right now. So I would agree with you that that is a gentleman that, and I do think that his his situation being injured and maybe not being as reliable as what they expected has put a lot of pressure on the Matt Willett's goes and those guys to perform. Now, with, like you said, Austin Richards has stepped in. He's looked good at guard. He's looked good at tackle. And so I think that mediates a little bit there because you're like, okay, well, you got something in the rookie or whatever, but yeah, I'm, it, it, it's been disappointing to, to, to put it, uh, shortly, you know, like simply rather that I, I really thought Chuma was going to come in and be that surefire, you know, veteran just in case. And now it looks like the Cowboys might have to, might have to go out and get a, a swing at some point in time, you know, just in case. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Who's one of your fallers, Aisha? Um, one of my fallers, I would say one of my fallers would be... I hate to do it. I really do. But Neville Gallimore. Neville yeah. Gallimore. Um, it's, um, again, disappointing is, is the easiest way for me to say it. Uh, as someone, I was high on Neville Gallimore. Also, too, got to see him in the offseason. He looked in fantastic shape. You know, that's been something that people were worried about with him. And I know he put in work in the offseason to be ready for this season, but he is just very rarely flash. He's just very rarely been, you know, noticeable in these preseason games. And not only that, like he's playing all the way into the fourth quarter. And you know, and you and I both know that that's something that with a veteran that's been on this team for this long, this is the second year where he's playing majority of the preseason. So very curious to see what is going to happen with him. I also think, I know you mentioned Bohanna earlier, but I think he's played pretty well in the preseason i think we are seeing his pad level come down and he has a lot more leverage so i and just that want could to be big <laughs> I just want to throw that, that out there that, yeah that that could be big especially because I, I agree on gallimore first and foremost I, yeah. I agree on gallimore because as you said like it's one thing for us to be watching massey smith play deep into the fourth quarter because yeah. even as a first rounder the guy is a rookie and he needs the reps and it's i mean you can really understand why that would be happening but with Gallimore being in there so late in the game is it's something that you don't want to see for sure now with Bohana I think it could be interesting because these preseason games and I don't agree with the I don't want to call it hate but I don't want to agree with all of the knocks on Massey Smith's games uh recently because I, I mean He's a defensive tackle, and he's it's part of figuring it out. Uh, it's not like he was a top-five draft pick that was supposed to enter and dominate the entire NFL. Of course, we are excited about him, et cetera, but it's going to take some time. So yes. that also makes me think, like, are the Cowboys more comfortable carrying three nose tackles? In Like, yeah. if you think of Bohana as a nose tackle, like, you would have Hankins, Masi, and Bohana in there and probably would make you feel better. Yeah, I think that's very possible. But then also, too, remember, you do have a – he's not a nose, but then you do have a Chauncey Golston that gets in there and plays some of that run. I think he's I think he's kind of our – he's becoming our Tyrone Crawford kind of, sort of. Oh, like, that's a good comp. Yeah, yeah I think that's kind of what maybe the vision is for him. And I know even with Chauncey, a lot of people are like, well, why is Chauncey playing so many reps? And I'm like, well, 
it's also to a numbers thing too, because you're not suiting up your starters. So that's, that's another thing I've, I've been cognizant of talking about this defensive line and how they look later in games because they're playing almost full games. The only things that's being changed out really are the ends, but the interior guys, the Bohannas, Osa plays a couple snaps and he gets up out of there, but the Bohannas, the Mozzies, the uh, Neville Gallimores, these guys are playing almost the full game, Chauncey Golston. So I think that's something we also have to consider in our evaluation when we're looking at them late in the fourth quarter and they maybe don't look as efficient. Yeah, I like that. I like that comment. I'm going to say some of the names that I've got here. Okay. Uh, Simi Fehoko to me is one of the followers, More, mostly because, hey, uh, there's a constraint here, which is 53 players on the roster. So when you're talking about winners and losers, it's a zero-sum game in that sense. So like we talk about Jalen Tolbert being a riser. Uh, I got to say Simi Fehoko looks like a faller so far because we've also heard so much positive stuff about Jalen Brooks, the seven-round rookie out of camp. And we have not seen Simi kind of erase that with some flashes of his own, at least yeah. on the preseason game. So I would include Simi there. Uh, I have one that I want to wait until we get into the complicated situations because <laughs> uh, – because it's it's complicated, but but yeah, uh, Fehoko would probably get a honorable mention for me right there. Okay, yeah, that's that's fair. That's fair. Um, I I know he had. So I feel like he had a he had a practice last week that was semi dominant. You heard his name a lot. You were like, okay, Sydney, come on. And then, but what they're doing with him in games, just with the smoke screens and just some of that stuff. Well, you know, like just quick outs and things. He had a couple catches. It's just. I can't explain it. It just feels like I just I expected I expected more to see Simi, especially in this system and the work he's done in the offseason. Obviously, he was dealing with an injury during camp. I don't know if that set him back a little bit. But Jalen Brooks, I mean, he came in practice this next week, last week and had another consistent practice. I'm not sure. I think he may have had one or two grabs in, in the preseason game because in fairness, He's had a rough time. He hasn't been as, you know, productive in the preseason games either. So this last preseason game, I believe, is going to be big for both of those gentlemen. Um, but I do, obviously, Jalen Brooks being a, a draft pick and also having some special team flex, I do think that might have helped him out and how consistent he's been in camp. Now, I do have one question before mm -hmm. we get into the complicated position rooms to figure out. And this is not a riser. This is not a faller either. This is one player that, whether in a good way or a bad way, has shown his game. And you've gone like, oh, as advertised, this player has come in and he's been everything that we thought he was going to be. Do you have one player in mind, whether it's somebody that, hey, people were excited about him because he's going to be so good, he's going to take a jump, and then he's showing us that, or... Maybe somebody that, oh, I'm not sure about him as advertised. Who's your guy? Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> barnacles, man. You're putting a lot of pressure on me. Okay, I don't know if this guy counts, but I count him as somebody that I looked at that I thought would show up because I think I talked about him in OTAs. I asked Mike McCarthy about uh, TJ Bass in OTAs. Nice. I was 
hey, coach, there's this guy named TJ Bass. <laughs> and um, yeah, and so him rising up and starting to get reps with the ones at right guard next behind behind um, Zach Martin. And also, too, you know, you see him in these preseason games and he's moving people in the run game. I think he's been steady in the past game. He, to me, is since I covered the draft, he is as advertised. Um, and I know, like, in practices, I was – I was I said at the beginning of training camp, I was like, I was not expecting for TJ Bass to begin walk down like this, to begin pushed back like this. And then you see him in the preseason games and you're like, Oh, well, where's that at? Where was that at? Where was where, 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 where was that at? So he is as advertised to me because I know when I saw him on film, I saw a gritty, nasty guy that can get to the second level, got a little pop to his game, a little aggression to his game, which you like. And I also thought it was important for us to have a right guard or a guy that could play guard behind um, Zach Martin, because granted, we talked about Josh Ball, and I know that Josh Ball had a good game yesterday, um, but I, I do think that TJ Bass gives you just a little bit more sureness in the passing game. Like what I like what Josh Ball has been doing in the run game, but I think TJ Bass can give you a mixture of both. So that's my, that's one of my guys. <laughs> nice, nice. I like that. I like that because, I mean, you look at those positions and you go, like, look at the back, uh, I mean, the depth of the offensive line. And it's pretty easy to see that everyone's job safety is quite shaky. Like, er yeah. there can yeah. be surprises on, on the offensive line side of things. And if TJ Bass is the surprise when cutdown day comes around, uh, it's going to be so fun to see that because I, I think that we've talked so much about undrafted free agents like we, I yes. mean, we usually do. Three of them made the team last year. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that a TJ Bass was a name that we heard too early. Like, we knew that people liked him, and we knew that draft people like yourself were all in on TJ Bass, some of you guys. But I think that to see him rise in the preseason has been cool. Because, yeah. as you said, like, it, it's kind of a way to know, hey, he's rising in a position where he can really make an impact early yeah. in, based on depth. Yeah. Yeah. And he might have the opportunity to. We we found out real, real, real quick last year, you know, like – this is a long season. Guys get dinged up just to have a guy that could come in there that you are like his 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 another thing that's great about him is his awareness, like the communication and helping out his buddy and stuff like that. So I'm like, all right, well, if something happens, you have a formidable uh, right guard that can come in and help you out. And to me, that's all you're really looking for. Like he's going to grow and, and get better. But right now. I'm not terrified if something happens for him to come in and to be that guy. So it's like, all right, well, that and a lot of teams can't say that they don't have they don't have two guys on their backup offensive line they're comfortable with. It is hard out here for Pimp. Yep, that is true. That is true, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Uh, for those of you who are just now tuning in, do me a favor and hit the like button for me. Remember that every thumbs up puts this show in front of more and more Cowboys fans. We've gone through the risers the fallers, the S advertised players. And now before we kind of get out of here, I do want to get into some complicated positions to figure out as I was trying to put my 53-man roster. So this is kind of like I turned my exam in, Aisha. I turned it in. I posted the article. I posted it on Twitter. And now I'm kind of like getting together with my friends and kind of like going, hey, did I mess up here? Did, <laughs> hey, what do you think about this? What did you write? In, in question number 23 yeah exactly yeah this is what we're <laughs> this is what we're uh, what we're gonna be doing right now 
because I, I, I struggled in some of these positions. Like I'm going to start with cornerback. I was going to mention Eric Scott Jr. is one of the fathers earlier on the show mm-hmm. because he had that PVU in, in, on Saturday's game, that third down breakup, super good rep. But then he gets burned by Jackson Smith and Jigba. And that's fine. Like JSN is yeah, such a top tier. <laughs> yeah, but it's kind of like a reminder of, hey, Scott might take some time. Yes. And in the meantime, Kelvin Joseph is playing at nickel cornerback and making us go like, oh, maybe we yeah. gave up too quickly on Kelvin Joseph because he's been playing good football, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. I don't know about Jordan Lewis's situation. Will he be going on pop? Will he not be going on pop? Because McCarthy looks like he's uh, encouraged with his rehab. So basically, my I mean, there's a lot to figure out, but I think that where we could start is Eric Scott Jr. and where he stands in this whole conversation. Because you're likely carrying, what, six cornerbacks, and that is including C.J. Goodwin, who's not going to contribute on defense, but maybe just as a special teams ace. You know what's so crazy? Somebody what? was talking to me about that, talking to me about C.J. Goodwin. And I just, I, I love C.J. Goodwin, but I just wonder if we live in a world where you say, you know, there's somebody else that can play. Because you also, like, we talked about um, Brooks. And, I mean, he was a special teams ace all during college, but also Kelvin Joseph has been around to yeah. learn bones is is system and stuff because that's a big reason why cj goodwin still is on this roster it's it's because he's the voice on the field for bones fossil with communication and all that stuff he's he calls a lot of the plays out there also so it's a big responsibility for someone to take that over you know another guy too that i i we, we didn't mention as a faller but i think because i'm not sure where he is nishan Wright. he was yeah. having a Fantastic camp, fantastic camp before he started dealing with this high ankle sprain, I believe he has. So that also puts things in a weird spot because you're like, okay, well, did he show enough during preseason to show you that? Well, during camp to show you like, okay, no, you can trust this guy or what happens there. And then you have Miles Miles Brooks, who they brought in the undrafted free agent. He's had a couple good plays in the run game, but he hasn't really showed a whole bunch in um, in a coverage and then josh butler is the guy they brought in he's made a couple plays but he struggled last week too so it's just like sheldrick redwine got injured so i don't know if that changes some of the conversation too i mean you may you talked about jordan lewis not knowing if he's going to be on pup or not listen dude i'm glad it's not my job how about that (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's 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 tough about it you understand (laughs) it's still is he a safety or a corner? Like, what? what is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I love it because all of those questions were, like, popping in into head, my head. Right? So, like those, that's yeah. My, my mind's going through the same thing, dude. You are not alone. <laughs> yeah, on, on my on my previous projection, like, Wright was in there because everyone was talking up about uh, Wright, how he's been doing. And today I was like, I don't know how can I how I can fit him in there. I do agree. And I tweeted about it about two weeks ago, too. So I I definitely do agree on the sense that Kelvin could be that guy in the CJ Goodwin conversation. Like, KJ could step up into that role. But I also wonder, like, if you're the Cowboys and you lose Luke Gifford, who was your special teams uh, leader in snaps in back-to-back seasons, 
maybe you envisioned overshone as yeah. somebody yeah <laughs> you talking that you talking you talking that you talking Mauricio for real that's for real like I thought anytime you heard Mike McCarthy or Dan Quinn talk about DeMarvion overshone they talked about how active he was on special teams so yeah he was yeah. a guy thought they had a vision for there as well so then you asked yourself like well what's yeah, the do, you, <laughs> do you go into 2023 losing Gifford losing overshone and losing Goodwin like that's where I struggle that's and, a lot. and uh, you're right that's a lot and that's kind of like the thing I, I had CJ on my 53 man roster I included him in so I had uh obviously like Trayvon Diggs Gilmore Daron Bland, and then I had Lewis because I like my logic was, hey, I'm not making the call. So as long as he's not starting the season on pop, I'm 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 gonna include him in here. And then I had Kelvin Joseph and just CJ Goodwin, and I le left it at that. And obviously, the hope is you can keep Eric Scott Jr. maybe on the practice squad and have him be call up or like sign him to the roster early in the season, mid season, something like that. That was my solution to things. Didn't Sorry? They didn't they what? Didn't they trade up to get him? Yeah, that's the, that hey, that's the situation. Were <laughs> they expecting Kelvin Joseph to play so well at nickel? Like, that's where I struggle with. Like, I don't know what they were expecting. I don't know. I, I, do, I do think that when you start looking at the corner position, if indeed Kelvin Joseph is going to be a nickel corner, so then you have Deron Bland, Jordan Lewis, um, Kelvin Joseph, and then sometimes Israel McQuamu even plays, uh, when you have big slots, he plays at yep. the nickel. So the, the depth of the cornerback room is at the nickel. So yeah. you might end up, I, I, I don't know how you do it, but you might end up keeping Nashawn Wright and Eric Scott and calling it a day. Like, because I think Eric Scott does have a lot of traits that are developable, if that's a word. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, he does. He does. He does. And one thing that I noticed last game, I was like, well, why is he playing off so much? Like, why is he playing off so much? And he's can, he could do that in, in college, but he's really, really better in, in like press man. But I had to take a seat back and look at it and say, okay, if I was a coach, would I be working the things that he doesn't do well, he doesn't do that well in a preseason game or the things he already does well? Probably the things that he needs to work on. So yeah. I, um, but I think I, I do like, I, yeah, I just think he has to keep his confidence high and to continue to practice and, and get in the work with these coaches. We've seen cornerbacks with these coaches ascend because Anthony Brown had one of his best years he's ever had. I want to say his best two years after this coaching regime regime came in. So I do think that uh, these guys know how to coach and whatever that they feel like is in him, they'll get it out of him. And I don't, I don't think, I think he makes the squad because they, they are developing him and they see traits in him. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to see how they play around with it. Uh, as you said, I'm glad it's not my job either. Now, one more position, and then we can get out of here. So you, okay? Because uh, I know I know your time is super valuable, Aisha. But linebackers, and you know, linebackers <laughs> to me kind of go hand in hand with the safety position too. Because you're losing overshone, right? So now you're looking at you're you're looking at obviously LV and Clark, and then Jarrell Cox and Devin Harper. Because Devin Harper is gonna 
give, uh, in my opinion, Jabril Cox a run for his money for that linebacker three spot. But then you're kind of also in a situation where are you carrying five linebackers? Because I don't think that you're carrying Jefferson as your fifth. Uh, I don't think so either. And, you know, with the injury and everything, do you trade for somebody or do you sign somebody? But if we're talking about the guys that are currently on the team, like, do you feel comfortable going into it with four linebackers? Because that's what I did. I had four linebackers uh, being Cox and Harper in the back end. And then I had five safeties, basically uh, the, the three starters, Mukwamu, I have him as a safety. I don't know what he is, as you said, and Marquise Bell. That's how I solved it. That that's my problem solving. But but don't you can't you can't forget Wanye Thomas. I can't I can't. But but I had him missing the cut. Get <laughs> him. He might he he he's been your best safeties all through camp, and he's yeah. made. You know, he made a couple bonehead plays during the game, but he's been one of your best safeties this whole time. And so, um, barnacles, man. Um, from the <laughs> linebacker, I'm telling you, I'm still emotionally recovering. I'm gonna talk to my therapist about it on Thursday. I, I still <laughs> recovering from. I need a therapist after this show. <laughs> like, kind of like figuring it out. Yeah, you wearing me out. You working me today. <laughs> You working me today, but uh, no, the Marvion Overshone being injured, getting injured was just, it hurt me, man. It hurt me. But um, Mike McCarthy mentioned um, Tyrus Wheat in the conversation with the linebacker, Ooh. which that's what I'm saying. I was like, just change his number though. Change his number if you're gonna do that. What is his number? <laughs> ninety-one. Oh, it is ninety-one. Is that a weird? Number? Isn't that like a DT number? Yeah, I, I guess like DT, I mean, defensive line in general. I, I don't want to see a linebacker out there with 91 off ball. I don't want to see that. But I, him mentioning him, like Mike McCarthy is intentional when, when he mentions names. Yeah. So him mentioning his name really stuck out to me. Again, Tyrus Weed is a guy that I wholeheartedly believe should have been drafted. I, I, I had no yep. idea fell the way he fell. So um, I'm keeping an eye out on that. But I do think. Devin Harper, like you said, is going to give Jabril a run for his money. I, at this point in time, right now, I think that Devin Harper's, his attitude and his aggressiveness fits a little bit more with what you're looking for at that. And you know what I'm saying? You can see it. You can see it on the field. But Devin Harper is a thumper. I mean, he he was a guy like that. He just got injured last year. He dealt with an Achilles and, and I don't even think it was like an Achilles tear or anything. I think it was just like a sprain or some irritation. And so they just took care of him, protected him, whatever. But this guy is a hard hitter. When he's sure, he's sure. It's just about learning that position. And he's, he needs reps. He needs reps. So now yeah. kind of moving up the depth chart, we'll see if he gets more opportunity. I wasn't a super fan last, last game um, with – a lot of the stuff that I saw, I don't know if it's because I was sleepy or what. So I hope to see a better turnout for this next game. But yeah, man, I I'm not uncomfortable with what they have right now. I would not mind bringing in some level of a veteran just in case, though. I wouldn't. But I, yeah, that in fairness, I think Devin Harper needs more reps because Jabril's even had more reps than he has. So yeah, and it, it it's tough because you you. I agree with you. I like what they have, but then the concern is like, you know, 
45 combined defensive snaps in their careers, and they're, they're all they're yeah. all from Jabril Cox because Devin Harper has zero defensive snaps yet in his yeah. career in the regular season. But yeah. tying it back to what we talked about with Luke Gifford and CJ Goodwin and everything, I kind of like Harper's special teams play. Like I, I think he can really be that for the Cowboys too, uh, even if he doesn't get to see the defensive playing field. But uh, we'll find out. Aisha, this show has been really, really uh, super fun and, and super uh, stressful at, at times where we were trying to figure things <laughs> out. But uh, for real, uh, I really appreciate you uh, joining the show tonight. Uh, you are very, very smart uh, with all of your football takes. I really appreciate your work. If you guys do not follow Aisha on Twitter, I couldn't recommend it anymore. And of course, the Girls Talk, Boys Talk podcast and doing draft season, the draft show. Aisha, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you, Mauricio. I had so much fun. We're going to have to do it again. We, I'm, yeah, I'm we will. actually kind of mad that like it took this long. Where do you live at? Where do you live at? I, I live in Chihuahua, Mexico. I, I'm in Chihuahua, Mexico. Yeah. What? Oh, born like, and raised what? in Mexico. All right. Well, when you come here, if you do come here, do not come here without letting me meet you. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> probably, probably in the future. That's what I want. That's what I want. So we'll, we'll try to work on that. And uh, I appreciate you. And I, I usually do the show solo, but I do want to bring in more guests uh, now and then. So definitely we're, we're going to have you back, of course, uh, for the regular season. It will be super fun too. Cause we're going to have, we're going to be talking it's about lit. matchups. It's going to be lit. This season. Yeah. Fans should be excited. I'm excited. I'm excited for this. But thank you guys. Oh, oh, oh. oh my bad. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no go ahead. <laughs> I'm just saying thank you. And um, yeah, I can't wait to do this again. Okay, awesome. I was just going to say, like, you know, the fact that we're struggling so much with the roster cuts, it's kind of like a sign of how good this football team exactly. is, in my opinion. Exactly. Exactly. When have you had Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning into the show. I appreciate you guys. As always, do me a favor and hit the like button. Uh, follow Aisha on her social media, please. And I will see you el día de mañana. Muchísimas gracias. Bye-bye.